We're talking money, but without the filters. It's the one thing that none of us can escape, but that we still can't talk about without cringing. I'm Victoria, millennial financial advisor. And I'm Ellie, money coach and founder of This Girl Talks Money. Each week, we'll be having a no-holds-barred conversation about real-life money. Nothing's off limits here, so grab yourself a coffee or a cheeky glass of wine and settle on in. Hello, hello. It's that time of week again, and we've got another cracking guest for you who we are asking about the cost of clean eating. Is it all just clever marketing? We spoke to Sophie Trotman, who's a London-based nutritionist, and she shed so much light on whether superfoods really exist, whether we should be buying organic, and how to spend wisely when it comes to food. Sophie decided to study nutrition after deciding to take control of her own health journey, and now she helps her clients to do the same. I really love this conversation and we really hope you guys enjoy it too. Sophie, it's so great to have you here today. It's so great to be here, Ellie. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited for this chat. Me too. And let's jump straight on in. So the last decade or so, we've seen the explosion of clean eating with all sorts of foods from chia seeds to spirulina powders to goji berries all being put on a pedestal. One thing that these items have in common is that they are all hugely expensive to buy from fancy health shops. So are these foods actually better for us or are we being sold a bit of a myth? That's so true, Ellie. And I mean, especially in the past 20 years, superfoods in inverted commas have really been put on a pedestal. Um, Now, for the most part, it's true that these superfoods are very nutritious. Normally, they're very high in antioxidants, polyphenols, all the good stuff, fiber as well. But it does have to be said that there's lots of other foods which haven't necessarily had the marketing budget behind them that are really nutritious. You know, for example, carrots, broccoli, onions. These are all super nutritious foods that you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for. Um, I think also the danger as well when it comes to uh, the concept of superfoods is the glamorization of just eating a few specific foods. And what the research shows us is that we really need a varied diet full of lots of plant foods, different types of fats, different types of proteins um, to hit our micronutrient, macronutrient targets, and also um, to provide us with, you know, the fiber we need and all the foods for our gut to really thrive. So variety is key. And I would say that superfoods you know, you've got to be a bit savvy around it um, because it's not that we should just be eating, you know, a few specific foods. Okay, so that's really interesting. And clearly we can't just have a purely superfood diet, but super superfood is a buzzword these days. And you said, you know, superfood in inverted commas. Please, Sophie, tell us, in the world of nutrition and diet, do superfoods exist? I mean, that is a really good question. I would say no. I just put it right out there and say no. Um, superfoods don't exist. You can have a super diet, I would say, and a super diet consists of, you know, just balanced meals, really a wide variety of foods as well. But there are no superfoods. I, I do just think it's marketing jargon, unfortunately. It would be amazing if I could just, you know, 
have um, kind of a silver pill for everyone and say, this is, these are the five ingredients you should eat to be like a superhuman, but it's just not the case, unfortunately. I mean, that is a brilliant myth to have busted. I am so glad that we asked that question. Um, but there are also loads of brands and creators who have made a load of money from this clean eating movement that we've seen over the last 10, 20 years, often without actually having the science to back up the claims that they're making about certain foods. You know, I don't know about you, but I remember things like the banana diet, wild, but how on earth can we as consumers of content and food products spot the good from the bad and know who to trust when it comes to nutrition? Yeah, so that's a really good question and super topical because I feel like the majority of people I speak to about nutrition, they get their information from Instagram and Instagram and a tiny bit of the news. But, you know, you've got a lot of creators recommending supplements, you know, certain probiotics, that kind of thing. And I think it's important to really, you know, step back and think, are they doing this because it's paid? Even if it's not paid, they don't necessarily have the education in terms of uh, how to read the research, how to really delve into whether it's a really great product for people. So even if they're, you know, uh, recommending it in a completely innocent way they actually think it's a great product it's not to say that it is actually a great product um, again also we can't be giving out personalized nutrition advice on Instagram you know everyone is completely different so it's really dangerous that people are seeing you know celebrities and creators recommending certain products and thinking okay I'm just going to buy that then because you've got no idea if it's going to fit into your diet, your lifestyle, you know, work well with your genetics. When it comes to products, you know, I mean, there's just such an abundance of products out there. But what I recommend people is if they don't have access to a nutritionist or a dietitian, I'd recommend they just get in contact with the company. So if it's a supplement company, say, um, they tend to have people on board um, who specialize in education around their product. So get in touch and say, you know, I suffer with this, for example, do you think this product would work for me? Or what is the research um, behind your claims? And they will definitely get back to you. And, you know, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, honestly, you can reach out to me on Instagram. I'm happy to, um, you know, take a look at the ingredients. But we do need to be careful because not all supplements are created equal. You know, you've got a lot with filling, filling agents, bulking agents, that kind of thing. So um, when it comes to supplements and food, um, you, you do need to be careful. I think especially of the ones that have a lot of marketing budget behind them, because really they could be selling anything. OK, so when it comes to reading the back of a label, it is always good to read the back of a label. You don't you don't want to get obsessive about it, but um, if you're reading the back of a label and there are ingredients you don't understand, that can be a sign that that food may not be the best for you. So what I would say to people is look on the back of the label, check that it's all whole foods, you know, all natural, um, check the sugar and salt content and um, whether it's got trans fats and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, try and avoid the foods which have 20 different ingredients, sky high sugar, um, and you should be good but on the whole I just encourage my clients to eat a whole food diet 
Um, it's not really that complicated, just lots of different colors, protein, fat, fiber, some carbs, um, and you should be good to oh, go. Oh, that's so interesting and honestly so encouraging to hear and kind of makes me feel like it really is possible for us all to have a healthy diet without having to, you know, do anything wildly wildly complex. Um, I want to ask you a slightly different question, which is around the cost of a of a healthy diet. Obviously, we're all aware of the financial cost um, around food and diet. But also, we know that time cost is a very real thing. And for busy families today, especially where you've got sort of two working parents, spending more than 10 to 15 minutes in the kitchen, making dinner is just not really possible. Do you have any tips, any quick healthy wins that don't cost a fortune for busy people who are time poor? Yeah, again, great point. It's not just about the actual cost of food. It is also about the time you spend preparing it. And, you know, especially for a, a three kid family, you know, it's a lot. So um, I've got a range of hacks I recommend to my clients in clinic. So, you know, one of them is I say, don't shy away from frozen foods. Frozen foods have had a really bad rep, but actually frozen fruit and frozen veg is often fresher than the fruit and veg you've got in the supermarket that's fresh. Um, and that's because it's been frozen at source. So instead of, you know, a vegetable that's been shipped over from Peru and has had all that time to start degrading, it's literally frozen within an hour of being picked. So I'd say stock up on some frozen fruit and veg. And obviously the benefit of that is that it's normally chopped before. Um, chopped onion, you know, lifesaver for curries, stuff like that. Um, also, I would say, you know, don't shy away from ready meals. So I don't think you should depend on ready meals. You know, it can add up cost-wise. But if it's, uh, if it's the case that you might get an Uber Eats, or have a ready meal, I would say stock up on some healthy ready meals. For example, Deliciously Ella has some out, Mindful Chef has some. So I think that can be quite a lifesaver when you, you know, come back from a big day out and you just want to lie on the sofa. Just having something like that and boiling some veg alongside it can be really useful. I'm trying to think of some other things. So, um, you know, some other typically, you know, lazy, in inverted commas and um, hacks chopped garlic and chopped ginger I'm not sure if any of you guys um, use these but they're such a lifesaver it just saves you about five minutes if you're cooking any Asian food or for a salad dressing so I really recommend those um, and then also just preparation is key so if you have a spare afternoon every now and then I would say plan a few meals that you can just batch cook so can you cook a like huge shepherd's pie with six servings that you can then, you know, load full of vegetables and put in the freezer for when you need it? Um, you might want to freeze it whole if you're a big family, or you might just want to put it in individual portions. And that's also very cost effective and time effective. I'd also say that, um, yeah, just cooking, just batch cooking is really useful. And if you're someone who doesn't like cooking that much, what I recommend is finding a cookbook that you actually engage with or an app. There's so many apps out there right now. Ellie and I actually on a live the other day spoke about the Deliciously Ella app, which is fantastic. Even if you're not vegan, just 
There's so many plant foods in there. It's really easy stuff and it's a really intuitive app. Um, so finding some recipes you engage with and then, you know, putting on some YouTube vlogs or a bit of Netflix and just spending a few hours cooking and it will save you so much time in the long run. I actually love that advice. Thank you so much. And actually, I've just moved into a new apartment and you've made me want to go out and buy like a massive pot so I can do some big, some, some big batch cooking. Love that. Yeah, I mean, soup is another really good one. Um, so yeah, if you can get some of those sandwich bags and then literally freeze individual portions. Again, you know, the freezer is your friend. I always freeze... Um, loaves of sourdough I'll just slice them before and then you can just whack it in the toaster one morning put some avocado on it again freezing um freezing bananas to put in smoothies so yeah I do think preparation is key when it comes to healthy eating and a little goes a long way and just to go back to the cost of eating which is something that we kind of briefly touched on organic produce so the cost of it feels so much higher than the basic ranges that are available but with the amount of fertilizers pesticides that there are around is it actually worth spending the extra money and if so are there certain products where spending the extra money on organic produce is worthwhile and others where we can maybe save a little bit yeah another really interesting point and it is so debated amongst healthcare professionals and companies but I mean there's a real range of evidence about this there's some evidence that shows that there isn't even a difference um, but there is a body of research that shows that um, there is kind of a small to moderate increase when it comes to micronutrient content of organic foods that being said there are some foods which you would want to buy organic more than others. So the Environmental Working Group in the US actually coined um, 12 fruit and veg um, as the dirty dozen. And these are fruit and vegetables that really you know, absorb the pesticides and need more pesticides to grow than others. So I encourage anyone to you know, Google that, but just some uh, fruit and veg off the top of my head would be spinach, strawberries and nectarines. So those I will typically get in um, organic form, if I can, if I can't, then obviously not. Um, and then you've got the clean 15, which are fruit and vegetables, which you know don't take on as much pesticides. So you've got onions, aubergines, and then more obviously you're gonna have the fruit and veg, which kind of have a skin on them, like bananas. You do not need to buy organic bananas because the pesticides, you know, they don't go in them. I do also try to buy organic meats because of the antibiotic usage um, across uh, that industry. So organic meat and fish. Um, but I would say, and I always say to clients that if it's a choice between, you know, non or if it's a choice between organic fruit and veg or none I would say you know you you just got to have the non-organic fruit and veg like any fruit and veg is better than nothing so um yeah I would say the organic market has been a bit overhyped but there are those ones that you'll want to pick out for yourself so google the dirty dozen organic food and get that list up maybe save it to your phone for your next shopping trip 
There are also, I would also say there are ways in which you can clean your fruit and veg. So you always make, want to make sure you're cleaning them. So whenever I go on picnics with friends, I'm the really annoying one who, if people get blueberries out of the pack, I'll say, oh no, you've got to wash those. You can't just eat those, especially as blueberries are some of the worst culprits. Um, but what I would say is when you come back from the shop, if you just get a little kind of bowl, put maybe a tablespoon of baking soda in, if it's quite a big amount, water, put all the fruit and veg in, leave it for 10 to 15 minutes, and then just take it out, rinse it with water, and it will take off a lot of the pesticides. Um, yeah, obviously that is semi-time consuming in itself, but hopefully it's the gold standard, we'd say. <laughs> I... I love that. I'm really health conscious, but I'm also really lazy and I never wash my fruit and veg and I'm now horrified. And I feel like this conversation has now just dramatically improved my, my health and nutrition standards. So I'm sure there'll be a few others listening who feel the same. Um, and actually, sorry, go on. Sorry. Um, I was going to say, you know, the thing with pesticides is they can disrupt our hormones over time and they can disrupt uh, the gut microbiome so it is really important that we're not ingesting too many of them um but yeah i'm glad i'm glad you took that away from this and actually it's quite ironic because the gut microbiome is something that is very very close to my heart and something that i'm really keen to ask you about there are so many products on the market at the moment that are claiming to be transformative for our gut health from sort of probiotics to prebiotics certain foods to supplements i am wondering what you can tell us um, about some of the products on the market for example one that i know is really popular is simprove um which is a i think it's a probiotic and it's really expensive um but people do say it's worth the money what what do you think are these sorts of products worth the money do we need to be wary and, and any tips for for picking what is helpful and what isn't around gut health yeah again such a relevant topic um and i would say what i would say is in clinic when i see clients I'd say in almost every first session, they ask about probiotics and should I be on Simproof? It is always that, it is always that phrase. And what I say to them is let's work on the fundamentals before we even think of introducing a probiotic. So there's no point adding a probiotic to your diet if you're extremely stressed. We know that stress obviously really impacts gut health. If you're having really poor sleep, if you're not eating a diet full of vegetables and fruits and plant foods. Um, so what I would start off with is saying, okay, before we spend you know, 80 pounds a month on that, let's look at increasing your plant diversity in your diet. So can we add in more seeds, nuts, pulses, fruit and vegetables, um, even more varieties of proteins? And then, you know, can we sort out your sleep? So, you know, can we offer you certain nutrients for that? And, you know, get a sleep hygiene practice in place, all of those things. And then also I think about, can we add in fermented foods? So fermented foods are, you know, naturally probiotic. So by fermented foods, I'm talking about kimchi, sauerkraut, uh, kombucha, that's a fermented drink. 
And then when it comes to actual probiotics, um, the ones we we're talking about just now, it's really tricky because there are so many different strains of probiotics um, targeting specific parts of the gut. Um, and all probiotics are different and certain probiotics target you know, different bacteria that will then have different health promoting effects in the body. So really, you know, you could be having Simproof, but you don't really know if that's the probiotic you need. So if we really want to take our gut health to that next level, if we've got people experiencing bloating and, you know, digestive issues, what I would then suggest is um, doing some comprehensive gut testing. So <laughs> it's not very sexy. It's a stool analysis. Um, it's a three-day test and basically it comes back with a set of results and it tests for around 100 different strains of bacteria, pathogens, virus. Then dependent on that, if the client is low in one strain of bacteria, we then seek out a probiotic to build that specific bacteria up. So therefore, I kind of think that Simprove is nonsensical because you don't know if that's the bacteria you need. Obviously, it's had a lot of celebrities vouching for it a lot of paid partnerships i would be wary personally i'd be wary one other question i had was how much does it cost typically to have a sort of in-depth stool gut analysis yeah great question and the functional testing that we do um it's not cheap but the stool analysis will range from 280 pounds to 400 pounds there can there may be payment plans available and when you work with a nutritionist you can get some money off but what i would say is if you do have significant you know digestive issues they are worth their weight in gold we've got a saying in nutritional therapy that is test don't guess and really you can save yourself years of pain years of nutritional therapy appointments having to pay for those if you just identify what's going on, you know, with a test. So it can be a large upfront cost, but they are amazing tests. Thank you so much, Sophie. There have been so many gems in there to take away. And I'm sure that we're going to be coming back to you with lots of other questions to try and figure out this minefield that is health and nutrition. Um, but where can we find you if we want to get more information? Well, thanks so much for having me. I love this chat. I could chat about it for hours. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at Sophie Trotman Nutrition. So that's S-O-P-H-I-E-T-R-O-T-M-A-N Nutrition. And then I'm, you know, very imaginatively www.sophietrotmannutrition.com. So you can find me on there and I'm always keen to have a chat. Uh, so do say hi. Amazing. Thank you so much. We'll be here next week with another fabulous guest bringing you more unfiltered money conversations. Please share the podcast with family and friends, leave us a review and definitely let us know who you'd like to hear from next. We love to hear from you.